yes. I'll live in glory by and by. I wonder how much we really pay attention to these songs that we sing. Do we really listen to those lyrics and sing them with meaning and power? The power that comes from knowing that there is a God in heaven who looks down on each and every one of us, who sees us in the midst of whatever our situation is, uh, whatever our circumstances are, he sees us. He sees us better than we see ourselves. Uh, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Am I right about it? Uh, and, 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 and with that in mind, the, the, the Paul says in Colossians 3, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So if you're getting any ideas that when he says above, you thinking about uh, someplace uh, just a few uh, feet in the air. Uh, if you think, you know, you like the Jeffersons moving on up uh, to the east side, living in the high rise, that's not the above he's talking about here. He says, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We ought to have some higher thoughts. Amen, somebody. Uh, we ought to be thinking higher than the circumstances that we find ourselves in on earth. He says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life, shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. I'd like to stay here longer. Amen. I'd like to stay here longer than these allotted days. But if my Savior calls me to that sweet home on high, I'll live with him forever in glory, by and by. That's, that's the part we like to sing in the choir. Oh, yes. We, we sort of put the affirmation on that. Am I right about it? Do we sing those songs like we really believe we're going to go to heaven one day? Are we really singing those songs like we believe that there's a hope beyond all the mess and the stuff that we're going through? Oh, yes. I'll live in glory. By and by. Yes. How y'all doing this morning? That's not my sermon. That's a sermonette, yeah. But I wake myself up, man. At 8 o'clock, boy, I come around here fast, I tell you, boy. But we're grateful to God for your presence here today. Grateful to have you here. Grateful to be here. And grateful to be standing before you once again uh, in the house of God, preaching the word of God with the people of God. And if you're here and you're uh, visiting with us and visiting our services this morning, we want you to know you're our honored guests. We are grateful for you and we're grateful to you for taking the time out of your schedule to be here. And we want you to just open your Bibles 
and look with us in God's word this morning. And since we just always happy to see you, we just expect you to be here. Amen. Amen. Grateful to all those who've labored in the services thus far. And now as uh, uh, the, those who have prayed the prayers have said, it's time for the preacher to do his part. Is that all right? And so we want you to open your Bibles to our scripture text in Matthew, the sixth chapter. Now, last week, uh, we looked at the joy of prayer. And we examined uh, over there in Acts, the 16th chapter, how Paul and Silas uh, prayed and sang praises to God while in prison and in bondage in a Philippian prison. And we saw the power of answered prayers. When God caused a great earthquake which shook the foundations of the prison so that all the prisoners' bonds were broken and the doors were burst open, and we saw the intercession of prayer in Paul's plea to the Philippian jail. You remember he ran out of there ready to kill himself because he thought uh, he'd been diligent, uh, not been derelict, rather, in his duty. And Paul said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. We haven't gone anywhere. And we saw his response to the authority of God asking Paul, what must I do to be saved? And then we saw the saving power of God in the conversion of the jailer and his family that same hour of the night. Prayer can work just like that. Am I right about it? Uh, and so we want to sort of give you a part two, if, if that's all right. Uh, now, uh, this morning, we want to look at what we call the acts of prayer. Now, some of y'all uh, who've been studying prayer before uh, might know of the acrostic uh, that we use sometimes uh, when we talk about prayer. Acts, A-C-T-S, we're going to get to that. Uh, if you know it, uh, that's fine. Don't give it away. Uh, uh, just follow along with me. Uh, amen. And if, you, but if you've never heard it, uh, uh, pull out your pens and paper and take some notes because we want you to understand some things about uh, the, the acts of prayer and, and how you want to uh, invigorate your prayer life by understanding there's, there's a way that we need to be talking to God. Now, we're not telling you what to say. We're just helping you to develop a mindset on not just how to do it, but doing it more often. Is that all right? all right? Now, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses five through eight, we'll read them again. We'll use them as our launching pad. Is that all right? Matthew, chapter six, verses five through eight. Now, Jesus says here, and when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, but you, when thou prayest, when you prayest, he says, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Now notice what he says here. He says he sees you in secret. 
because it's just between you and him. It's a private matter. But he's going to reward you openly. So whatever you're asking for privately, he's going to give it to you publicly. Right. Am I right about it? So, so he says that he'll reward you openly. He says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a powerful statement right there. He says he knows what you need before you ask. Someone says, well, what's, what's the point of prayer then, Brother Veal? Well, if you don't ask, then how can he give? And how does he know you're serious about what you're asking for unless you ask? Right. Amen? Now, you, you might want something. You might desire for something to happen, but you're not asking for it. You say, well, God knows my heart. But, but he's saying you need to be able to offer up a prayer that, that can have some power. And the thing we must remember today is that the joy of prayer is having this access to God daily, continuing as an ongoing practice in the life of every Christian. We need to pray often, in every situation, and in every circumstance. And the joy of prayer is in knowing not only that God will answer, but that God is listening. Look with me over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, we're going to get your fingers walking today, if that's all right. Uh, so stay with me. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Paul is extending to the brethren his plea to God on their behalf to strengthen and encourage them. Look at this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. He says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, this is Paul, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Paul uh, is expounding here on behalf of the brethren. He's praying for himself, but he's also praying that the Lord God will sanctify you holy, will keep you strong, will keep you preserved, will keep you from stumbling, from falling, so that in the day of judgment, he will find you in a place where he can say, well done, Amen. thou good and faithful servant. Now, now, what we want to look at today, again, is the practice of prayer. And again, we want to use this acrostic, uh, these words, acts, and the acts of prayer. All right? And so, let's, 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 now, y'all, 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 y'all got your, your launch pad on. We, we ready to take off. Is that all right? right? Now, we want to be encouraged to pray. We want to be inspired to pray. And we want to develop a desire to pray and pray fervently, consistently, and to benefit from all that prayer has to offer. Well, I guess we got to deal with this too. Someone says, well, Brother Veal, I don't always have time to pray. 
I'm a very busy person. I got this going on and that going on. And, and you know what? God knows my heart. Well, now imagine if every time you came in here, every time you walked in here to worship with the saints and find fellowship in the household of God, no one bothered to talk to you. No one bothered to acknowledge you. No one offered you the right hand of fellowship. No one greeted you with a holy kiss. You might wonder if you're in the right place. You might wonder if you're around the right people. Amen. And, and, and you just might be compelled to ask somebody, well, what's the matter with you? Why are you ignoring me? Why are you treating me so cold? And someone says, well, you never bothered to talk to me. You never gave me the time of day. So, so when it's prayer time in your life, God don't have time for you. See, yes, God knows your heart, but sometimes you need to make time to express yourself. Is that all right? You, 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 now, you know, you and I don't have no problems expressing ourselves in the right situation. Am I right about it? Be honest, y'all. If we're honest... How we express ourselves in those situations might be more vocal than the listener even needs to hear. Now help me, somebody. And we need to recognize that every situation is the right time to pick up that main line, like that old song says, and tell them what you want. Y'all know some of us know that song, Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. I can talk to God like he's my best friend. Any of us, any of y'all have a, had our, I mean, our best friend. I mean, our best friend. Get on the phone, and we're not just picking on the ladies. Girl, <laughs> fellas do it too. Amen. We get in our little cliques and be, man, yeah. let me tell you. Some of my deepest secrets back in the old day now. I'm talking about old man. I'm talking about old man. I'm gonna clean it up. Because Lisa ain't here, but that still don't mean she can't hear. Uh, the old man had some buddies back in the day. One or two. I had a lot of associates. Very few friends. Because a real friend ain't going to put your business out there. Right. Am I right about it? Right. You can tell him or her anything. And it's between you and that person. Yeah. Those were your friends. Am I right about it? Right. See, the, the ones that be out there telling your business about 10 minutes after you, after you say it, now you sitting there and you telling them your business, and the next day you out walking around and you see some of your other folks and they're giving you that look like, <laughs> or they over in the corner, you know. <laughs> huh? Y'all know some folk like that. Those aren't your friends. But see, God, when you decide you want to talk to God, that's a conversation between you and him. You can tell him your most private secrets. And he ain't going to tell nobody. That's what kind of, isn't that the kind of friend that all of us need? And so, when, when we want to exercise this opportunity that we have 
to pray. We ought to do it often, but we need to have the right mindset. Am I right about it? So, so, so we need to understand how important it is to take some time out for prayer. And what we need to acknowledge is every time and any time is the right time to pray, to acknowledge what God has done for us today and what we need him to do for us tomorrow. Prayer never takes a time out if you take time out for prayer. Is that all right? Now, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, we ought to pray without ceasing. That, am I right about it? Now, now go with me. Go with me. I told you I'm going to make your pages. Your fingers hurt today. Go with me over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Here's another example. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. Look what it says there. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray. This is Jesus. And continued, look at this, y'all, all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose 12, whom also he named apostles. You know what? Jesus prayed before he chose his 12. And you know, that's sort of a, of a, of a, of a little lesson for us. Choose your friends wisely. All right. yes, Be careful who you're telling your stuff to. Right. And see, this is, the, this is the, the information age now. Am I right about it? Right. And see, the, the, the way society has it uh, uh, set up now, you can put your business out there and the whole world know. And, and, and why we are so inclined to put our business out there for the whole world to know is beyond me. I got no problems with Facebook, but you better spend some time with your face in the book. Uh, amen, somebody. See, see, you got to be careful who you telling your business to. Your life don't have to be an open book because some of your stuff is private. All right. And you ought to be able to tell it to some folk who you know you can confide in. Jesus prayed before he chose his 12. He, these were, had to be trustworthy men, men that he prayed would be able to serve him and do the job that he was going to commission them and later on us to do. Am I right about it? So we see some examples of prayer here. And, and now let's, let's look at something else. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Nehemiah chapter 1. Yes, some of y'all know this one. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1, and, and if y'all wondering, that's, that's after Ezra, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. Is, is that all right? Uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, uh, verses 4 through 6. Look what it says there. And it came to pass, Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him, and observe his commandments, let thine ear now be attentive, 
and let thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Prayer day and night, not just for self, but for a whole bunch of folk. Prayer needs to be personal, but it needs to take on the personality of the things and the stuff that you are engaged in. If you got friends and family that need prayer, you ought to include them. If there's a problem that faces and impacts more people than yourself, you, you, you're working in a plant, and you know the pink slip is coming. Are you just praying for your job? Pray for everybody. You want to pray for everybody in that plan that somebody makes a decision that's going to preserve their jobs and their lifestyle and their ability to continue to provide for themselves and their family. So we can't be selfish when it's prayer time, y'all. And if we are the only ones that are able to, to, to offer up prayers, then let's have the attitude that it's not just about us. It's about the other people that are impacted around us. Amen, somebody. Now, here's another one. First Chronicles chapter 5. Oh, this is another good one. First Chronicles chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Look at this here. First Chronicles. First Chronicles. That's after First and Second Kings. First Chronicles chapter 5. I had to find it too. First Chronicles chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Look at this. The sons of Reuben and the Gadites. And half the tribe of Manasseh, of valiant men, men able to bear buckler and sword and to shoot with bow and skillful in war, were four and forty thousand seven hundred and threescore that went out to the war. And they made war with the Hagarites, with Jator, with Nephish, and with Nodab. And they were helped against them. And the Hagarites were delivered into their hand, and all that were with them. For they cried to God in the battle, and he was entreated of them because they put their trust in him. And in verse 22 says, For there fell down many slain, because the war was of God. And they dwelt in their steads until the captivity. God will help you fight your battles. Even when you in the midst of the battle. See, if God can be for us, then who can stand against us? Man, this is the kind of prayer. See, these are examples we're trying to give you that there's all kinds of opportunities and situations and circumstances to pray. Don't make it just an early morning thing or a late at night thing. Understand that there are things going on in your life and in other people's lives where prayer can't just take a back seat. We need to remember to pray without ceasing daily and for every circumstance and situation. And you and I also need to develop a habit of prayer. We need to make prayer a habit. Remember them old habits you and I used to have? Maybe you had a nicotine habit or 
Maybe you had an alcohol habit, or maybe you had a gambling habit, or a cursing habit, or a gossiping habit. Or, and when I get on your street, just let me know. Or, or maybe you made a habit of not committing to having any habits at all. Well, you ought to make prayer a habit. Right. Now, you know how you, how you felt when you were indulging in those habits. You and I need to indulge in frequent, fervent, and free-flowing prayer. Is that all right? Now, let's go back to our text. Back to Matthew 6. And we're going to move this up a little bit because I know the clock is on me. But let's look at this acrostic. And when we look at how to pray, we want to remember what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. He says, don't pray just to be seen. Don't pray just to be heard. See, your prayers should have purpose. Your prayers should have meaning. And your purpose in fulfilling these acts of prayer and your meaning should embody these acts of prayer. See, you're not praying to be popular. You're not praying to be admired. You're not praying for attention. But you're praying with intention. And you're praying for God's attention. Amen, somebody. Jesus says there in verse number six, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet and when you've shut your door, pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. See, we want the rewards of prayer. We want the benefits of prayer. And so we need to give prayer the time that it needs. We need to give prayer the space that it needs. And we need to give prayer the proper place it deserves. If we earnestly desire God's answer, prayer is your time and my time and our opportunity and our privilege to enter boldly and pray humbly before the throne of grace. If you don't have a prayer closet in your house, you better get one. All right. Amen. Find one. Come on. Make one. Yes, sir. Because that is your private place. All right. If you got one on your job. Yes, sir. If you can make one on your job, it's possible. Make one. Make one. Yes, sir. Because you need to talk to God all throughout the day. Am I right about it? So he says, but when you enter in there, say whatever you want. Open up to your best friend who trusts you, who loves you, and will entrust everything you say just to him. Amen. Now, Jesus goes on to say some, uh, some, a few other things in verses 9 through 13. He says, look at this. He says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, y'all, y'all know that. Do you feel that when you pray? In, in other words, we, we need to, he isn't saying, Jesus isn't saying necessarily this is what you need to say. He's saying this is what you need to be mindful of when you pray. Right. Use personal application. Be personal in your approach. Remembering it's just you and God communicating on that spiritual wavelength that tunes in to the presence of God. 
See, you want to make sure you got. Well, no, see, it's 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 it's, it's we all technical now. It's, you know, you you got your radios that tuned in to, you know, whatever station you want to. You press a button and you get it. Back in the day, though, you had to have that antenna, had to bend it and twist it. You were turning them buttons, boy, trying to get the right. You hear, and then you hear some music, and, and then you. I mean, you had to tune in. See, when when you trying to talk to God, you want to get that right frequency. So the place got to be right. The wavelength got to be right because you're trying to tune into God. It's my time to talk to him. I want all the other stuff out of the way. I want all the mess out of the way. I want all the stuff out of the way because I want to tune in on God's frequency because I want him to hear what I have to say. Help me, somebody. Now, your application is remembering your motivation. Your purpose in going to God, asking for what you need, asking for forgiveness, asking for forbearance, asking for patience, asking for deliverance, and looking to God to deliver on those requests. Now, let's deal with this, this, this acrostic real quick. The first thing we want to remember, A, in Acts, adoration. We want to acknowledge that we appreciate who God is. We appreciate his deity, we respect his authority, and we rely on his ability to respond to our requests. We want to praise his name. We want to honor his greatness. We want to glorify his majesty and his gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Jesus says it himself in this model prayer in verse 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And this word hallowed means to honor as holy, sanctify, set apart. Now, verse 10 says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Arguably, there are no words in our Bible that give praise and adoration to God more than that popular 23rd Psalm. I mean, we can quote it in our sleep. But do we know and understand the power behind prayer that is being offered up there, we want to talk to the shepherd as his sheep. We want, we want to thank him for who he is. We want to thank him for what he's doing. We want to praise him for his protection. We want to praise him for having the desire to be able to watch over his flock. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. Do you think about those words when we're reading the 23rd Psalm, when we're praying to God, are we remembering that we're talking to somebody who already unconditionally loves us? Amen. He's already open and attentive to what we have to say because he's looking and listening non-judgmentally. Help me somebody. Yes, How many people do you know you can talk to that ain't in the back of their mind already judging what Come you're on. saying? They already done took what you said and already think, man, wait till I share this with Gladys. Yeah, I mean, come on now. Come on. You ought to know that when you're talking to God, this is a personal relationship. And he is not looking at you judgmentally. Isn't that somebody you need to adore? Amen. Isn't that someone that you need to revere and reverence? So we want to remember our adoration for God when we pray. Now, see... Next one in the acrostic, this is confession. This is the time to own up. Confess our faults, share our shortcomings, acknowledge our weakness, and pray for forgiveness. Jesus says in verse 12, 
of his model prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And again, in verses 14 and 15, he says, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In John, 1 John 1 and 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Prayer is that off-ramp that gets you off of hell's highway all right. and puts you on the freeway of forgiveness. Right. I kind of like that. I came up with that all by myself. That, 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 prayer, prayer is the off-ramp. When you're traveling along hell's highway and you know stuff is just breaking you down and tearing you down, when it's time to get in your closet and pray, you can just take that little turn off. Get up off of hell's highway on the freeway of forgiveness. And here's the other thing. Stop beating yourself to death thinking God is not forgiven. Come in here What's the matter? I'm not worthy. I, I, I'm just not worthy. I, I won't take communion. I don't want to sing. I'm just here. I did some stuff and I'm feeling bad about it. Prayed about it. I don't think God heard me. How do you know? Come on. Guilt is a terrible thing. Yes, but there's such a thing as mercy. Come on. Amen. See? See, 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 God, because you're guilty, God don't have to declare that you're innocent. Come on. He'll just give you mercy. Amen. Amen. And pardon. Yes. Am I right about it? Yes. If you create, if you commit some heinous crime, you've already admitted your guilt. Yes. There's no innocence there. What you're asking for is that the judge, the magistrate, yes, the one who has the power, the one you can go to, the one you can ask for forgiveness from, will give it to you. And if you offer it up, just believe that he heard you. Come in here with your head held high. I talked to my best friend last night, and it was the most wonderful conversation. I told him everything, everything. Everything. Yes, sir. And I asked for his forgiveness. Yes, sir. And he touched me with the finger of his love. And said, that's all right. Get up. Amen. And get out. Amen. And worship me. Yes, sir. Like you ought to. Yeah. Don't let the sin that you're in keep you from forgetting who has the power to clean you up. Amen. 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 So, so confess your faults and get off of hell's highway on the freeway of forgiveness. Now, Thanksgiving. Here we go, T. This is the time to acknowledge God's blessings, to thank him for just being God. Amen. Thank him for all the spiritual blessings. Thank him for the material blessings. Thank him for all the things we may take for granted and all his blessings yet to come. In James 1.17, the Bible says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God never changes. This is why you can trust him when you go to him in prayer. 
And over there in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank him. Thank him for just being God. Thank him for just knowing that he brought you out of a sin-cursed state into a right relationship with him. And now, yeah, you're still in the world. You're still stumbling. You're still making mistakes. You're still messing up. But when you mess up, just fess up. Amen. 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 And then thank him for it because there's nothing like answered prayers. And finally, there's supplication. This is that time to make our request known to God. Now, Jesus says in his model prayer, in verse 11, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And in verse 13, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Supplication is our time to ask for that supply that is needful and necessary in our lives, but not only for ourselves, but for others. Can I give y'all just some verses? Write them down. This is some stuff we need to be praying for, all right? We can pray for the sick. That's James 5, 14, 16. We can pray for the world and its leaders. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. We can pray for our daily submission to the will of God, Matthew 26 and 39. We can pray for our enemies. Yes, we can. Matthew 5 and 44. We can pray for the necessities of life, Matthew 6 and 11. We can pray for more laborers in the Lord's kingdom, amen, somebody, Matthew 9 and verse 38. We can pray for help in time of temptation. Now, everybody needs some help with that. You're tempted by something out here. He says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and entice. And when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is ended, brings forth death. Don't err, my beloved brother. Pray about it. He can help you with whatever you are being tempted by. And we can pray for forgiveness to those who offend us, Matthew 6 and 12. Amen, somebody. And we can also pray for the Lord's servants who minister the word of God. That's another one, man. First Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. Man, did the preacher need prayer? Just like the rest of you. Don't leave the preacher out of your prayer. Don't leave the leadership out of your prayer. Man, they need more help than you sometimes. And not because they're more sinful, necessarily, but because they're burdened. As shepherds, great. We take it seriously. At least we're supposed to. So pray for us that we can make the right decisions. Pray for us that we uh, can enter into things with the right mindset and with a mindset that we are taking into account not just ourselves but the flock. Amen. Amen. So yeah, pray for us. And pray for yourself. Maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. I would love it if we knew that everyone in this audience right now 
is praying that you will make the right decision. That you'll make the decision to come out of your seat at the invitation. And that you will come down this aisle and surrender yourself, mind, body, soul, and spirit to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone says, well, well, how can I do that? Well, Jesus already says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come to Jesus, hearing his gospel, believing that he is indeed the son of the living God, that he died on a cruel cross for the sins of the whole world. Buried in a tomb, raised from the dead three days later with all power and authority. Hearing and believing that gospel, come confessing him as Lord. Come repenting of your sins, which have kept you a guilty distance from God. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. And when you come out of that watery grave of baptism, you can rise and walk in newness of life. And guess what? You just got your frequency. God gives you the frequency. You can talk to me anytime you get ready. Any problem on your mind, any issue on your heart, he can answer it. But we need to get in the habit of doing it. We need to get in the habit of talking to the Lord, making time to talk to the Lord, but not just for ourselves, but for everybody. This world needs prayer more than anything. Amen. This world, I'm talking about. We in some mess here. And we need some prayer warriors out there who have a mind that is focused on the heart of God, the forbearance of God. Man, for, for, more than anything else, I pray for patience. Amen, brother. Yours and God. <laughs> is that all right? Y'all be patient with me, but I'm praying to God that he's patient with me. Man, don't, don't send out no lightning just yet. God, you ain't through with me yet. Pray that I'll be a better husband, better father, a better servant, better steward with the things that you've given me, a better worker on my job, a better member of my community that I'll be a little more soft-hearted, less quick to get angry, less quick to let my mouth get myself in trouble. Y'all know that old line, don't write no checks that your body can't cash. Well, your soul might be on the line just from an unkind word or the wrong word, wrong place, wrong time. Pray that you are in a place where you understand that you have a God who has already granted you pardon. And now you need his mercies, still need his mercies each and every day. And if you're here and you stand a guilty distance from God, why don't you come? Why don't you do it right now as we together stand and sing the hymn of invitation? Why don't you ask? the savior to hell you know he'll come the strengthen and keep you know